Hello, everyone. My name is Ross Clark. I'm a partner with Hempson's GP Specialist Solicitors. Uh, this recording deals with incorporating your GP practice, something that's of um, uh, great interest uh, with many partnerships uh, looking to get the benefit of limiting their liability. So I'm going to cover why do it, but then look at how you go about incorporating your practice, uh, satisfying the commissioner and some of the other considerations you need to take account. Um, now, before I do so, just, just to explain about what a company is in case you don't already know that. Um, the Companies Act governs companies uh, as opposed to the Partnership Act governing partnerships. There are many sort of corporate entities, companies limited by shares, companies limited by guarantee, public limited companies. But really the only option here is a company limited by shares because under the NHS Act, that is the only corporate entity that is eligible to hold a GMS contract or PMS agreement. So really, you're only looking at a company limited by shares. It could be a community interest company because that is a company limited by shares. But we're not really looking at social enterprises here as a question, but that is a possibility. Within a company, there are three roles, shareholders, directors, employees. The shareholders own, the directors manage the company on behalf of the shareholders, and the employees work in it. And most of the day-to-day -day decision making is made by the board of directors. Um, and those directors have statutory duties, uh, the, the, the main one being to promote the success of the company for the benefit of the members as a whole. Um, so it's a quite a different regime from being in a partnership. Unlike a partnership where you've got your partnership agreement, the main sort of constitutional document in a company is its Articles of Association or Constitution that deals with things like the delegation to the directors to run the company on a day-to-day -day basis, what matters or decisions are reserved to the shareholders, um, the shares, the type of shares that there are, um, voting rights, uh, dividends or distributions and returns. Um, and, and the key benefit of a company is it is its own legal entity. Unlike a partnership, a partnership does not form a legal entity and therefore it's the individual partners who need to sign contracts such as a lease, enter into the GMS contract. A company is a separate legal being, so it enters into contracts, it employs the staff. And as a result, the shareholders who own the company are liable to pay for their shares and nominally, usually this is a sort of nominal amount, say 10 one pound shares each. Once the shareholders have paid for their shares, they have no further responsibility for the debts and liabilities of the company. So that is the key benefit from incorporating is to get that uh, limited liability as a shareholder and to cease to have the joint and several liability as a partner. However, not as all as it seems because as we'll see in a bit, that personal liability can still exist. So how to do it? Well, you can set up a company at Companies House. The, the online uh, Companies House website is available on gov.uk. Just uh, Google Companies House and it should come up. You effectively sign a memorandum of association, which is a very short two-line document saying that you wish to form a company and are willing to take the first shares in the company. You, you you submit that with a form IN01 that has the details such as the name, the registered office, who the initial shareholders will be, who the directors are, um, and pay a fee. And you then get a certificate of incorporation, and that's the birth certificate of the company. Now, you can do that through the post, but, but most commonly now it's done online um, and can be done quickly and easily. However, that's not the relevant bit as far as a company to practice. The important bit is then how do you transfer the practice 
into that company and everything else that's required. Well, I've already mentioned the articles of association, but when you compare them with a traditional partnership deed that has confidential things like profit sharing and partners duties and all of these sort of administrative stuff like uh, holiday entitlement uh, and sabbatical leave. Now, articles of association are published at Companies House, so you don't want all of that in articles of association. So very often what you also want to have sitting alongside that is a shareholders agreement. It's the same as the articles in that both operate as a contract between the shareholders. But as I've said, the articles are public, the shareholders agreement private and stays private so you need to sort of divide between those two documents but your shareholders agreement will be more akin to your traditional partnership deed um, unlike a partnership where the partners cannot be employees you cannot employ yourself in a partnership because the company is a separate legal being the same person could be a shareholder a director and an employee <clears throat> so you may want a contract of employment with the partners as shareholders. They'll no longer be partners, they'll be shareholders or directors. Um, or the, you may have director service agreements in place for those who are going to act as directors. Usually all of the shareholders are all of the partners and all of the partners become directors so that the board represents the shareholders completely. But in larger partnerships, if you get to say 20 or so partners, it's difficult to have an effective board at 20. So you, you delegate down to, to a few of, of, of the partners who then become directors on the board and, and therefore you might want separate director service agreements. You then need to deal with um, the administrative aspects about for example CQC because the company is a separate legal entity it needs a new registration you need to get that registered that takes time it's approximately about 12 weeks to get a new registration in place. Um, and once that's done, CQC will usually issue a comfort letter where they agree to transfer the um, registration from the partnership uh, registration to the company's registration at, 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 on completion. You need to get insurances in place for the company. Um, and uh, you need to then finally deal with the actual transfer of the business and assets itself. So that's usually through a contract normally called a practice transfer agreement where the business and assets, uh, the stock, the equipment, etc., transfer from the partnership into the uh, company. The company agrees to accept all the liabilities of the partnership into the company as well. Um, and the key one is the transfer of the GMS contract or PMS agreement. And I'll come back to that when we look at the role of the commissioner in transferring that. Um, you, the staff will also transfer automatically under CHUPE, the transfer of undertaking protection of employment uh, regulations, so that their contract transfers automatically under their existing terms and conditions into the company. So that's sort of how you do it, but then as I said, the commissioner in the GMS contract is, is key. So the uh, Primary Care Policy and Guidance Manual sets out guidance for the commissioner. Um, and the commissioner uses a commissioner assurance framework, which is broadly a, a spreadsheet that looks at key lines of inquiry in certain domains and adds a RAG rating, red, amber, green rating to those. So we'll look at you know, financial viability of the company, does it have suitable finances? Has it got cash flow? What about the partners as directors? Have they been disqualified? Can they act, et cetera, et cetera. And it looks across a whole load of domains and effectively applies the red, amber, green. And uh, uh, that, that's the basis upon which the uh, PCCC will make the decision to approve the incorporation. Usually, if you go through the um, 
commission assurance framework process, the answer is yes, you can incorporate because the policy and guidance manual now that does specifically provide for the incorporation of practices and 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 it was changed probably about a year and a between probably early 2021 it was changed to provide for that um, now now key after the decision is made is the actual transfer of the contract itself and that's done by way of a deed of innovation which adds the um, company on as a contractor with effect from the completion date and takes the existing partners off the contract with effect from that date so the, so the gms contract or pms agreement effectively transfers to the company However, the deed of innovation picks up some other things that commissioners are concerned about, such as uh, the risk of a procurement challenge and how that would be dealt with if there is a procurement challenge to the innovation of the contract. It, it, it also incorporates change of control provisions that can um, require the consent of the commissioner for future uh, changes in the shareholding of the company. And it may even require personal guarantees from the uh, what were the partners, now the shareholders uh, as well. So there's quite a lot that the commissioner will look at in terms of being satisfied that that, that will approve the innovation. There are some important premises uh, considerations, um, particularly um, around the transfer of property into the company. Now, under partnerships, have an exemption from stamp duty land tax for transfers of property interest between partners. If you're transferring from a partnership to a company, that ceases. It's not a transfer between partners. And therefore, stamp duty land tax is, transfer, is payable on a transfer of a freehold property or the transfer of a lease from the partnership into the company. You also need to look at whether any third party consents are required. If, for example, there's bank borrowing over the property, secured over the property, then bank consent is probably going to be required as well. If it's leasehold uh, property, then the consent of the landlord is almost always going to be required. Some circumstances where that may not be, but generally will be required. And again, a landlord seeing a lease go into a company may say, well, I want personal guarantees from the shareholders and the directors that the rent will be paid. And therefore, you can see with the additional personal guarantees, the benefit of the limited liability versus joint several liability into the partnership disappears. Um, you also need to look at tax and pensions. Uh, pensions access should be okay because provided the company is eligible to the GMS and PMS agreement and the innovation works so that the company ends up holding a GMS contract or PMS agreement, then it should have employing authority status and access the NHS pension scheme. The tax treatment of companies is different. So on a profit, corporation tax is chargeable on the company's profits, currently only 19%. So you do need to speak to your accountant and tax advisor and get specific advice on what the different tax regime would be, how that would affect you as individual partners versus you as shareholders, and, and decide whether um, the company is 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 uh, worth thinking about. The incorporation is worth thinking about because the tax, as ever, can have a significant impact on that decision. So, to sort of summarise, there there are pros and cons. So, the negative aspects are partners may need to provide personal guarantees and therefore not have be away from personal liability. There's more statutory regulation and administrative requirements under a company than for a traditional partnership. Um, Certain documents are made public in a company, such as the accounts of the um, company each year and the articles of association. Um, you've got cost of incorporation and setup to think about. 
um, possible change of control provisions so that the, the commissioner can in the future maybe prevent changes of control or require consent before that takes place. And the directors of the company are under statutory duties to promote the success of the company and for the benefit of the members as a whole, to act independently, etc. So there's a statutory overlay there for the individuals who are directors. On the plus side, the pros, well, the principal benefit is limited liability, provided that the personal guarantees either don't get applied or when they're applied, they're limited in some way to a specific amount, then generally there is a limitation of liability so that partners become shareholders who don't have any liability for the, the company. Um, there's a good governance procedure, governance structure within companies. Um, it, it, it can be used to give tax benefits in certain circumstances because of the lower rate of corporation tax. It can be used to keep the overall tax rate a bit lower if 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 wanted but but again that's not always the case and you need to speak to your your uh, accountant and tax advisor to discuss this because it's not always a, a, a benefit um it, it's a more flexible structure generally for the admission and retirement of shareholders shares can be transferred between a retiring partner shareholder and an incoming shareholder um, and that can happen quite easily, as opposed to a partner leaving, a new deed needs to be prepared or a deed of a, a, admission signed. You, you don't have any risk of the partnership at will that you do with partnership deeds. Um, the, there isn't such a thing, and therefore the, 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 the risk of a, a calamity because partnership is, is one at will is avoided. And generally, I think the company structure, the corporate structure is going to be more attractive to new partners and employees, and indeed employees could become shareholders in it as as, as well. So there are pros and cons. It's not uh, a clear decision that every practice should incorporate, every practice should consider it carefully and take into account of all of these things, the limitation of liability, the taxation effect, the effect on properties and premises, um, and um, the requirements to set it up and the cost and time of doing that. But generally, it's becoming more um, common uh, and, and certainly something that should be considered by uh, partners. Well, thank you very much indeed for uh, listening to this uh, podcast. Really appreciate your time. I know time is valuable. Um, my name, as I said, is Ross Clark of Hempson's. If you have any questions, please go to our website. You should find um, a, a webinar or details of a webinar. You might be able to access the slides for that on this subject. And certainly, if you do have any questions, please, again, use the inquiries uh, function on the website to be able to ask. And uh, one of the partners in the GP team will pick up and get back to you fairly quickly. Thank you now.